Hello and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect, episode 376. We are recording this and broadcasting live on uh, Thursday. I think about that. Thursday, August 19th, 2021. I'm David Lotz. Joining me for this is Bobby Jackson. How's it going, Bobby? Hey, it's going pretty good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, we thought we would do a little midweek show, catch up on a lot of the stuff we've watched this summer or recently that we haven't gotten to that mostly pertains to you. <laughs> I know you have watched a lot. Um, and then there's been some shows you unfortunately weren't able to make it to. So I think you've kind of probably built up a nice library of content to, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, a decent amount. Yeah. Honestly, not as much as I, I thought and mainly I think that's because even when I did was on the shows or when we were starting to uh, get ready to end the show, I just sort of blast through a few things that I watch and maybe do a sentence or two mm-hmm. talking about certain things. So right. probably on a different type of a, a show, I would have gone into a little bit more depth in some of those things, but uh, I at least wanted to get them out there to mention just in case or, or, or if it became way too long to be able to talk about certain things. So I think I went through uh, a, a good amount of it as I was looking through my list, but I still do have a few things left to, to talk about, though. The funny thing is, I actually probably have more to talk about on this show than I have in a while. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like how excited you get. <laughs> I know. I, I am always excited when yeah. you have stuff to talk about because, uh, you know, uh, that's one of the things in which, for those who don't know, me and David met at a Comic-Con many, many moons ago. <laughs> and we were talking about the fact that you had a podcast and that you, it was about movies and movies is something that you enjoy. And it's one of those things that uh, you haven't had a chance to do as much of within the last few years. And so anytime you have a chance to talk about something, I'm always curious to hear what Mm. it is and, and put it on my radar. Cause honestly, there's a, a decent amount of times on the show where you mentioned something and it wasn't something I had heard of, or maybe just barely heard of, and you had watched it, or you and Michelle had watched it, and it, it could puts it on my radar. Be like, oh, okay, that's something I need to check out because I hadn't heard anything, or um, I maybe heard a little bit, and you kind of bring it to the light. So it's always good when I can hear you talk about some things. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about some stuff. I mean, and not to spoil, but in the case of this week, I think just about everything I'm going to discuss is stuff you've seen already, for the most part. Um, hmm. a couple things, not so much, but, but for the most part, it's, it's stuff you've actually probably already talked about on the show that I'm finally catching up with. Um, but, uh, I don't know where to get started. I'm actually, you know what? I, I will start with something if you don't mind. That is oh, not no, something, not something that I've watched, but it's fresh in my mind because I just finished it today. Um, ready player two. <laughs> um, <laughs> Really? Yeah. So for those that don't know, I mean, well, obviously everyone probably knows about Ready Player One. Um, There was the book, obviously, that both of you and I listened to. Neither of us read it, but we listened to the the audio book, which Will Wheaton um, did the narration for. And uh, I really enjoyed it. In fact, I've listened to that book twice. (laughs) I'll be honest. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, it was one (laughs) of those, like, sometimes with my job, doing some driving. And it was just like, there was another Mm -hmm. point months later, I forget how much, how much, 
how much time had passed. And I was like, you know what? I just want to listen to it again. I listened to it a second time. I really mm. enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the movie. Um, movie's a bit different, as movies are. But uh, I thought the movie was overall pretty good. I, I was happy with it. Um, mm. And then it's funny. like I've been excited about Ready Player Two since I enjoyed the first one so much. And it, this is just another, I think, like... I don't know what the word is, catastrophe of 2020 or something like 2020 was just so weird and threw, I think all of us off to a certain extent where either it felt like it flew by or it felt like it took forever and things just got lost in the mix, I think in 2020. And I even remember when I, like I follow Will Wheaton on his Instagram and he was like posting a couple photos, like when he was in the recording, doing the recording sessions for ready player two I was like, all right, cool, it's coming up. And then it was like two or three weeks ago that I randomly put on Ready Player One, the movie, for the kid. Like, me and the kids were watching it just randomly one weekend. And um, talking to Michelle, the subject of the book, the sequel came up. And I was like, yeah, I think that comes out this November, like November of 2021. And I look, and it came out last November of 2020. (laughs) And that just blew my mind. I'm like, how did I miss that? (laughs) Like really 2020 just really screwed me up. Um, It blew me away that I, that book came out, came and went. I really heard nothing about it. So as soon as I realized that I was like, that's not a good sign. Like the fact that ready player two has been out this many months. And I feel like I really haven't even heard a thing immediately. I was like, Oh man, is it not any good? Um, But I listened to it. And uh, no, I did not enjoy it nearly as much as the first book. Um, mm. It's it's one of those things I don't even know if I want to kind of discuss like the general plot because it's like if you haven't read it or listened to it yet and you want to, maybe you just want to go into it completely fresh, having no idea what's going to happen. And But it's it's weird. I mean, it's one of those stories where like where he went to create a sequel to the book i in a way i i get why he went the route he went and i don't necessarily dislike the story he's telling but there were certain chapters in particular like i had a hard time listening to it just got really boring just really bogged down by the amount of like like nostalgia stuff like it was overdone to a point where it was like, okay, like if, especially if you weren't mm. interested in a certain like area of nostalgia that he was covering, like it was just like, okay, man, like we're, maybe you're d- describing this a little too much <laughs> and uh, let's just move on with the narrative. Um, there was a lot of that there. It's, it's one of those tough things to talk about I, without talking about spoilers. And if you ever listen to it or read it, I would love to jump on here and talk about that book because in some ways it's telling an interesting kind of scary story. Um, I'll say that, but it's overall, did I enjoy it? Uh, I, I really can't say that I did. It's, I thought I had read that there's still talk of making a movie of the sequel. I don't know anything about that mm-hmm. development. I don't know if that's going to involve the same actors from the first film. If in one respect I might go, oh, like no, let's not bother. But at the same time, I could see a situation where the movie. This is a good uh, situation where the movie could hopefully be a, be a, a lot better than the book. Um, 
I could see that happening because it is an interesting story in some respects. But overall, I just I'm I was kind of bummed I didn't enjoy it that much. So, yeah, I finished that today. Yeah, that is a bummer. Um, <laughs> I un, unlike you, I knew that there was the book out last year, but in advance of it coming out, the reviews that I had read and I didn't read a ton of them, but the reviews that I did read all kind of were saying the same thing and that it was just maybe overindulgent and just not really interesting and, and just repeated themes that the first book did in a mm-hmm. way. And just, it was not anything and that they wanted to feel like it was worth their time on top of some of those people who were reviewing it didn't like the first one. So mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah. I don't know, maybe it doubled down for them, not liking the first one and then also not liking this one, but just in general, the overall vibe I got from it was that it was just not very good. So that really dampened my enthusiasm to get it to and listen it to it because, yeah, because yeah, it, it would have been different if I had heard a few dissenting voices in this respect of people who really enjoyed it and, and thought it was good. But I didn't read anyone that said they thought it was good. So it was <laughs> like, well... Uh, and it's again, it's not like I, I looked at a lot in terms of reviews. I, I maybe looked at a handful, like five or six, and just none of them seemed to like it at all. So I was just like, oh, well, um, I, I do want to check it out, but maybe I'll just wait and, and put it on the back burner. So hearing you say that now, it really makes me feel like, uh, yeah, I'll watch the movie version if they ever make one. <laughs> and like you said, hopefully it'll be uh, a better uh, outcome because at this point it almost sounds like it would be hard to make it bad unless you maybe really ch- just translate it directly directly, and, and then maybe it would turn out bad because it was a direct translation. But yeah. generally speaking, they will change things up and so you would hope for a good writer that's doing that type of uh, work to mm-hmm. where he's adapting it, that it would really kind of uh, make wonders out of it. So I have hope that for a movie version that it would be significantly better than what the the vibe and feel of the people who seem to have read the book or in your case, listen to it, that they would have a better experience. So I don't know. It's It's too bad. It's too bad. Yeah, it seems like it could be a good opportunity for the movie to be a lot better. But yeah, again, I'm I'm curious for you to listen to it or, or read it because yeah. uh, you know. But I have a feeling for the most part you're going to agree with me. Um, and yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's, it, it's a bit of a bummer. It's also one of those things too. I will admit I was a little guilty of right from the start of the book, where you know you've seen or read the first movie or book and you're like, okay, where are they going to go from here? Or maybe like these, these characters, you have a certain idea about like, what would they do next? And like, right at the beginning of this book, I was like, Oh, what are we doing? Like, I like, Mm. it didn't take long for me to go. Do I want to listen to this? Like, I really questioned. I'm like, do Um, do I even want to, do I just want to stop here and not even do that? (laughs) <laughs> that that that's again. I hate to be cryptic, that's but that's that's all I'll say for now. Wow, yeah. that's awful. I mean, to be that early on, in some, <laughs> but then there were times. The- then there were times in the book that I was definitely like, okay, I'm kind of curious to see where we go next, and it w- I would mm. I would get in- more interested in certain parts, and then other parts where, you know, I'll say somebody would go on like a quest, 
and then that yeah. would just really get bogged down with some of the over nostalgia kind of stuff. It was just uh, mm. bad. So anyway, hmm. uh, that's too bad. What about you? What's the first thing you want to talk about? Yeah, so uh, there was this thing that came out on Netflix not that long ago. It's, it's not all that old. Uh, there was a series of movies that came out over the course of three weeks uh, called Fear Street. And the first one uh, was Fear Street Part 1, 1994. And the basic premise of this is that it's an, it's an interconnected story that was initially supposed to come out in the theaters. And I don't know in, in terms of the release schedule of how they were going to do it I, I i vaguely remember that maybe the the idea was that they were going to release this uh last year or last summer and it was going to be over the course of three months so one would come out each month but obviously covid and everything else affected it and i think maybe it might have been even prior to that that they were planning it because I, if i'm not mistaken this was under fox and 20th Century Fox, and it was before the the Disney deal had went through that they were, had these movies, I, I believe. And then so they were going to put them out last year, and like I said, they couldn't. So the Netflix ended up getting them and putting them out over the course of three weeks. And what I'll say about it is it's it's an interesting way that they did this and in, in that they didn't just plop them all down at, at once. But also the, the the connective story about it had me really engaged in wanting to see where this whole thing went. Because the basic premise of it is that there's this curse that seems to be on this town that uh, is two sides of the town. One, ta- one side of town seems to get all the good luck. Everything goes their way. And then another side of town is just the crappy side and they just always have crime and bad things happening and one of the main protagonists in the story uh who is involved with another person that's uh, her girlfriend there's some issue that happens there and and it leads to this old story about a witch that was there in that town and it kind of follows that through line throughout the three stories that happen and the first one like i said is in 1994 and then the second one, I got to look it up because I can't remember the, the way they all went. 1978 is the second one. And then in the third one, it's uh, 1666. So what I'll say is for me, I, fe- I feel like overall it was good, but some of it was a little bit uh, bloated in, in the way that it seemed unnecessary. Not that it wasn't not that they didn't do a good job with it. It just felt like it was more giving into this sort of premise of having these three movies in a way, because the second movie I felt like really could have been just an aspect of the first movie. If they had just done it in a, in a way of flashing back more, but it's its own separate thing. And I think that, um, they try and give it its justice because it follows a character that you meet in the first movie uh, back when they were younger. And so it tries to explore that. But in, in the way that they do that second movie, it's um, it's a throwback to an 80s 
slasher because it's like a, a sleepaway camp kind of thing that they're at in that the setting for that second movie. And then the first one, it's um, more of a mall setting kind of thing and, and uh, the, the area around that town. And it has this whole vibe of trying to go for the era that it's in. I think my favorite of the three for different reasons might be the one that's 1666 just because it really kind of pulls in all the aspects of the first two movies. And also you get some interesting storytelling that's going on there. But I would say it's interesting because from what I understand, I'm not familiar with it at all, but it's based on an R.L. Stein series of books. And I guess it's a little bit more um, done up for the movies than it than they were in the books. But overall, I, th- I think the 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 idea and the premise of it worked in, in the way that they did it and had one each week. And it felt like it was definitely riding that wave of being more adult, but uh, still kind of in that area for a certain age teenager to be able to enjoy and I think that the 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 idea of them maybe doing this again with some Arl Stein books maybe might be presented or or could be a possibility because I, I I'm pretty sure it did pretty well on Netflix, but it was a good little horror series in the middle of summer. I think that just kind of dropped out and uh, yeah, I really did enjoy it. Yeah, I've been interested in watching it. This was that was one of those things that came this summer that I was hearing a lot about as those were dropping what like you mm-hmm. said like every week um, mm-hmm. that I was like oh this seems like it's right up my alley and just with the schedule I never got around to watching but th- but then as yeah. Halloween is getting closer I tend to gravitate mm-hmm. to stuff like this just to kind of be in that Halloween mood I could see that this will be something I'll probably watch as we get even closer to Halloween for sure yeah, definitely. And uh, there's some pretty gnarly kills in it. So I yeah. think that's one of the things, too, that's kind of interesting that you always look for get kills or interesting kills in, in the way that they do the slasher film. So there's there's a quite a few in that first film, for sure. I feel like that could be a good segue for something else I've watched this week. Uh, speaking of good kills, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you did that on purpose. I finally watched Invincible this week. Um, I, did, yeah. I finished it this week. I had started it earlier in the summer, actually. And then, again, schedule, didn't get it finished. I finally I had like three episodes to go, and I watched those this week. And uh, you've talked about it already uh, on the mm-hmm. podcast. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's something else, man. <laughs> <laughs> that show. Uh, I mean, yeah, for those that don't know, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, it's based on a comic. Um, it is animated, but it is certainly not for kids. Uh, it is definitely rated R, or I don't, you know, it's not technically rated R. It's a show, yeah. but, you know, it would be. It is It is a very adult, violent, gory as gory as you can get with animation, I guess, but gory show mm-hmm. at times. Um, I see why you, cause we talked about this on the show too. I think about doing like reaction videos to it. 
And right. uh, I could see why you were interested if you I, either I or <laughs> Michelle or both of us would do like reaction videos to that show because. It, yeah, man, it's it was good. I know I'm just all I've said is man, something else. But actually, no, it, it was very good. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and I am very curious to see where it goes from here. Kind of like you. There's a part of me that's like, oh, do I want to read the comic now? But then I'm also like, I'm enjoying <laughs> the show. So I don't think I'm going to. Yeah. I think I'm just going to keep mm-hmm. watching the show. What throws me off is I didn't realize you told me, I guess there's going to be a film of this. But it sounds like yeah. they're going to try in some way to go down a different road. I guess, was it Robert Kirkman, right? Um yeah, he's the creator. Yeah, right. and, but um, I think he was uh, talking about it at Comic Con at home. Actually, in an interview, it was something hmm. I read that he gave some quotes that it's basically like it's almost like it's going to be its own thing, even though it's still based on the same material, but it's going to be different from the show. Other than the fact that obviously it's going to be live action, but right. But it has what, me so curious. Yeah, it has me curious too because what's funny is before I even knew that, I was texting with you saying like I can't ima- in one way it would be cool to see this in live action, but I also can't imagine because the the level of gore in the show and just blood and violence. I mean, yeah, we see a lot of hardcore violence in, you know, live action movies and such, but still like I yeah. can't imagine them doing things to the extent they did it in the show in live action. I don't know what that would be like. I, I don't, I'm very curious to see what they're doing with the movie. My only thing of frame of reference I can think of now at this point would be something on the level of gore between the boys and Suicide Squad. Yeah, the Suicide Squad. Yeah. And so I would imagine like, you know, and, and even then maybe ramped up a little bit more because there's a lot of it in the, in the, in the animated show. And I, I just think that what, even though we're talking about the violence and the gore, those are things that I, I feel are a part of the the story. But the story itself is what is really compelling, mm-hmm. and, and and how uh, it starts off one way and becomes something else, and all the other players and, and and characters that are in this story, and how they all kind of have their own things going on, but also. Um, even within how they interact with each other, it's all really interesting. And I, I feel like it, they do a really good job of world building and, and feeling like um, you get a, a good feel for this this universe and want to see it explored more and see other corners of it and see what's coming next, especially when they give you a little bit of a tease of it in that uh, final episode of the, the, the season. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, I think that they really um, have something interesting, and, and, I, and I think that's what makes me want to read about it. Uh, I should say read the comics because it is a contained story. I, I don't remember how many uh, issues there are. I want to say it was like 100 and something or maybe uh, 125 or somewhere around there. But it's a, it's a, it has a beginning and an end, so hmm. it's not like one of those comics that goes on forever on, and ever on, and is still going today. Kind of telling individual yeah. stories, but you never know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so it, that's what makes me like, man, it's a complete story. I could easily go and just you know yeah, read start it. reading and it and get the whole <laughs> right. Yeah, and no, 
Yeah, but I, I like the idea of not knowing what's coming and, and seeing it as it unfolds. And mm-hmm. um, as I said before, it's easy for me to fall down a rabbit hole of watching other people react to the things that I just saw because I can't believe what I just saw. So I know someone else isn't going to be able to believe it. So it's kind of fun seeing that as well. But just I, I, it's it makes me um, interested in seeing more of what uh, Kirkman will do within the, the, the universe and if it does spin off into other things. And uh, you mentioned the movie and the two of the people that are behind it are, are Seth Rogen and uh, Evan Goldberg, his producing part- yeah. partner. So uh, you've seen what he's done so far with material. They're I, it, they're um, involved with the, the boys. So I, I feel like they're going to have a lot of interesting things to, to say and do with a, a movie version of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really liked it. I know I kept, again, like maybe it just sounds like I'm like, Oh, it's just great because of like the violence and gore. No, it's the story is, is quite good and it's well told. Yeah. It's just a well-told story, mm-hmm. even as an animated show. I it's in the one thing in particular, at first I was like, I don't know what I think of this shtick, but then as it kept going, I really liked it. The way that they introduced the title card every episode. Mm, mm-hmm, I, I grew mm-hmm. to like that more and more and more as the however many episodes it was went on. <laughs> like, yeah. I felt like it got even more creative. I liked it anyway. Yes, so, it does. It yeah. definitely does. <laughs> Invincible on Amazon Prime, if you're interested. Uh, what else you got? So there was this movie that came out that I was really looking forward to on uh, HBO Max, and it seemed like it kind of came and went. No one really talked much about it. I, I seen, I saw some stuff online about it. Some people had some buzz and some interesting, um, I should say, some good things to say about it. And it's it's called No Sudden Move on HBO Max, as I mentioned, with um, Don Cheadle. And Benicio del Toro, David Harbour is in it as well, and it's directed by Steven Soderbergh. And this movie is is such a it's it's sort of like one of those type of caper movies. It almost feels like it could be an old school version of an Ocean's Eleven, which is something that uh, Steven Soderbergh directed as well, but the 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 heist in this is so uh imaginative that you don't really know and think about it until kind of what they really explain it to you um and and I won't spoil that or give it away but I just feel like the the, the amount of chemistry that goes on between the actors and what they're doing and and they, okay here's a weird thing that Honestly, I don't know how I missed it and wasn't paying attention to it because normally I would catch stuff like this. But a lot of people who were reviewing it and talking about the movie made comment on the way that it was shot. And they were saying that there's this sort of fisheye lens perspective on a lot of the shots. And I don't even recall that. I just I guess I was so wrapped up in what was going on in the story that I wasn't even paying attention to the the cinematography aspect of it which I should have been. And it makes me kind of want to go back and, and rewatch it. But there's just a lot of good actors in there. Uh, I had mentioned uh, the Don Cheadle and Benicio del Toro. And as I look over on the IMDb, 
there's also John Hamm in there. Um, one of the people who I really thought was good in it is someone that you don't see much much these days, but Brendan Fraser. I thought he was really good um, as his character. And honestly, David Harbour was good too. But it's so funny because when I was seeing David Harbour in there, it it didn't even register that it was David Harbour to me for like the first, I'd say, good 30 minutes before I really realized that it was him. I don't know if he just sort of sank into the role for me or what, because I'm so used to him looking in a certain sort of way. And in this movie, he doesn't. So um, I was kind of thrown off by it. But yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It's just this kind of a, a caper movie that has a, a lot of style and, 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 and slickness to it. But the the story of what they're doing is kind of fascinating. I don't even think I've heard of this satellite. Like, I, really? I as you were talking about it, I brought up the IMDb page, and it automatically is like showing a trailer. And even in, I, I made a point to kind of watch a little bit because I see some shots like you're describing where it does have somewhat of a mm. guess of a like a wide angle lens. I mean, but nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just watching a trailer. It didn't seem like anything too drastic to mm-hmm. me. I'd have to watch the whole thing, I guess, but. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, haven't even heard of this. Yeah, it was a good movie. I liked it. Nice. Go ahead. Oh, were you going to say something? No, I was going to say, so what else you got? I've seen you going back and forth. Um, yeah. So yeah. last night I watched um, a movie that you have seen. Um, so mm. last night, A24 um, did a an at-home like kind of screening event for the green Knight, which is in theaters right now. Um, and, uh, as I've talked about on the show before with COVID kind of resurging the way it is, I've been a little like hesitant to go back now to the movie theater, um, again. And I was like, man, I really want to see the green Knight." I was a little torn about going into the movie theater to see it. Once I saw that they were doing this event, I was like, Oh man, perfect. Uh, done. It was like $20. It was a weird setup. Like they were doing, it was like a four-hour window that you could watch it. You had to use like it was called uh, like the A twenty-four screening room. And at first, I was like, "Oh, does that mean I'm only going to be able to watch it like on a browser? How could I watch it?" Luckily, they have a an Apple TV app and a Roku app, so you make it a little easier to watch on your A twenty-four has a their own app. Well, it's just called like it's called A twenty-four, but it, there's really nothing in it. Like if you were to go into it right now, it sh- it probably still just shows like information for the Green Knight and that the screening is over. <laughs> like there's really no other okay. content. It just seems to be a kind of a way to get to this event. I don't know if they've done other screening events mm. with other movies before or if this is their first time. Um, mm. The funny thing about it is is they did this, and I don't know if this started today, but it turns out today you can just rent this movie at home for twenty dollars like on other services <laughs> like um for twenty dollars yeah um i actually wasn't the one-time event cheaper than that or no the one-time event was 20 oh yeah. okay oh. but i thought it was just going to be a one-time thing and it would still be a while before you yeah. could rent it at home and it turns out today you can now Same. just rent it on any service like because a friend of mine saw i posted something on instagram about it 
And you know, he was messaging me today, like, oh, should I rent this? And I was like, well, I don't think you can yet. I think you have to see it in the theater. He's like, no, no, I see it right here. And I, I looked, and sure enough, on Apple TV, I can rent it now. And I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. I mean, which is only somewhat of a bummer because, like, th- what I was going to say about the the weird screening window, like, they had a, it was like a four hour window, but it for those of us on the East Coast, it started at 9 p.m. on a weekday, which isn't mm-hmm. that late. I mean, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I work pretty early in the mornings. I'm like, and this is not a short movie. Like, it's not super long, but it's not mm-hmm. short. So I was like, oh, man, can we, st- can we start this window at 7? Why does it have to wait till 9? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But one thing that was cool about it is, um, like, before the movie, before, like, once you once your windows, once the window started and you could stream it, it started with, like, an intro from, I don't know if I got his last name right, but is it Ralph? Innocent, who plays the Green Knight? Um, okay, I don't know how familiar you are. You are with that actor. He's been in. He's one of those actors mm-hmm. where it's like he's super familiar. He's been in a lot of stuff. Like he was actually one of the uh, I think Ravengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. He was in the Witch, um, but he plays oh. the Green Knight. And there was like an intro with him, kind of saying, "Hey, after the movie, he was going to also be back after the movie to do something." And after the movie was over. They did this like like seven minute clip of him like reading a part of the like original you know work oh. like oh. Um, mm-hmm. like him like just chilling and like I don't know if he was in his house like he's smoking from a pipe like the head of the pipe is like shaped like the head of the Green Knight <laughs> and he's got his dog hanging That's out cool. with him it was just like a super like, just super like cool like here i am reading a part of the story like it was pretty cool but um anyway i really enjoyed this movie <laughs> like a lot um <laughs> you you had mentioned that you actually thought it i think went on a little long didn't you um i felt like the pacing made it feel longer um and i did feel feel that it was long but it just felt like the pacing to me was um was the only thing i discounted against it really yeah. it's just that it, i could feel the length of it at times right but i i liked it a lot um these kind of movies are of course up my alley there was a part of me that was based on the trailer a little worried that it was going to be one of these movies that was almost a little too what is it like esoteric where it's just it was mm. just kind of like really open to interpretation and the narrative really wouldn't be that ob- like wouldn't be very conventional. And actually I found the narrative to be a little more conventional than all I expected, even though at times it's definitely leaving things open to interpretation. But right. um, I don't know. It was more of a, it was more kind of normal storytelling than I think I expected out of this, but it, still in a very good way. I, I liked all the actors in it, of course. I I actually thought the runtime worked really well for me, and the pacing worked well for me. I the, you had mentioned that just visually, it's beautiful, and you're absolutely right. It mm. just it it looks great. I it, it is a bummer I didn't see it on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I I will certainly watch it again. I don't think the streaming last night was in 4K, but uh, it still looked mm. great. 
Um, I will I will certainly watch it again in 4K when I get the chance. I guess I could rent it right now if I wanted to, but I'll probably wait and <laughs> I could even see that this is a movie I'll end up buying. But uh, yeah, it was it was quite good. I liked it liked it a lot. I I highly recommend it. If you watch the trailer and this looks like the kind of thing that you're like, ooh, this looks interesting, then yes, you should watch it. If you watch this trailer and you're like, oh, I hate movies like this, it may not be for you. <laughs> but uh, I, I liked it a lot. So that's The Green Knight, which, like I said, I guess is available to rent now on various streaming services for like nineteen ninety nine at a premium because it's still in theaters. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I dug it. I liked it. You know, one interesting or one interesting thing I, I mentioned about it is that the when I when I talked about it is the sound. And I don't usually always I don't always hear sound in a way that I think that they intended to be heard. But this one, it really felt like they did a good job of conveying any kind of sound to feel like it had a certain amount of weight to it and, and heaviness to it and, and just like it was really in your face because a scene that I can think of that really makes me kind of think about that a little bit is a scene when uh, was Gawain Gawain was going down from the town to go out on his quest yeah, and he's just riding the horse but you can hear the the clump of the horse just clicking. Yeah, I, re- I remember the, that actually. You know, yeah, yeah, and it's like, and you can hear him even on the horse and shifting it, and with the, the the metal, it's just like you could just remember in hearing the sounds of things in a way that I felt like it, they really paid attention to it, and mm-hmm. I don't always hear that or notice that in movies, but I, I could absolutely in this one feel it and hear it. Also, a really good score too, where the score at yeah. times felt like it was appropriate to this era. A lot of choral music, mm-hmm. but then at times also very modern, like like electronic instruments. Where, but that that may sound odd for this kind of movie, but it worked really well. Yeah, mm. I, I yeah, I liked it. <laughs> if it doesn't show. <laughs> Well, since we're talking A24, yeah. there's a A24 movie I had a chance to see that I don't know if anyone really knew this movie that came out, but I remember there being hype about it at one point in time that do you recall the story about a girl that met another girl and they went on a road trip to Florida and uh, it was a whole Twitter thing? it was a Twitter uh, timeline and the girl told the whole story in the Twitter timeline. And I think celebrities and people got involved in terms of um, uh, reposting it and saying, Oh, this is so interesting. And they were like, Oh, you should make this into a movie. And well, they did make it into a movie. It's called Zola. Uh, And that's, the girl's name. And oh, okay. I don't recall. Is, that does not you, ring a bell with me at all. Does this sound familiar? No. no. Okay. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's about this girl that's uh, really a stripper and she meets a, another stripper and they want to, she wants to take her on a road trip to Miami to go to strip at this club and make some money for it for the night. And it becomes this extremely wild and out there story. And 
I think in idea it worked better than in, in execution. Um, it's definitely a wild story if you take it from the perspective of the person that all all this is happening to. But yeah, it just felt like this one kind of um, was a little bit all over the place in certain things, and in some ways, it, it was just it was fascinating just to sit here and watch it and 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 almost feel like a fly on the wall of their their story as it's going on because you're like how could all this stuff really happen kind of one of those types of things because of how wacky and crazy things get but at the same time it, it's because i think the the actors in it really sell it and and give it a um amount of weight that makes you kind of want to follow in and, and see what's going to happen next because of how uh <laughs> kind of how far out it seems to be. Um, one of the people that are in here that I really like, and I I really only kind of come to know who he is in the last few years, is uh, Coleman Domingo. And where I first saw him at was in uh, Fear of the Walking Dead TV series. And subsequently since then, I've seen him in other things, and he's always been pretty good in everything I've seen him in. But in this one, he's also really good because he's like, in this kind of a well kind of a for all, all intents and purposes a pimp and uh it's just it's just a wild story again i can't emphasize that enough how wild <laughs> this story is but uh it, it it's it's not terrible it's not bad i, I just think that it, it was a little um it just it just needed to be tightened up in some ways and and maybe um a little bit more of a a deft hand at, at, at doing some of these things would have made it a little bit of a, a, a smoother, cohesive movie in a way that I don't think that it, it was. But there was enough interesting things in there that I was kind of like following along with it and still into it, even though I think that it ultimately is one that I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about this one. It didn't quite do what I was hoping it would do. But hmm. yeah. Um, I would say it's still interesting enough to check out when you have a chance and it's at home where you can watch it at, on your couch. Just like how you keep saying like the story is like a wild ride or however you put it. Like, it, it, yeah, like in that respect, I'm like, now I kind of want to watch this. <laughs> like, what is the story? <laughs> but then in the other side, it sounds like it. It's insane. See, you say that. I'm like, man, I, well, <laughs> even if it's not very good, I kind of <laughs> want to know what this story is. So now I want to watch it. What, how did you watch it? I, what is it available? In, in, it's in on, uh, it's just oh. like to rent or. So I don't know. I saw it in the theater. Oh, okay. Out, so this was, you know, a month or so ago. So I'm not sure if it's available, if it if, if it's even available to rent or. To well, buy. I mean, at least at looking point. on IMDb right now, it does show like a twenty dollar option on Prime Video anyway. So it's probably available that yeah, way on I most services. Yeah, you wouldn't pay twenty I'd bucks to watch it. Drop. No, <laughs> no, I'd wait till it dropped a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's. It, uh, again, I think it's one of those things where if you were to read the story and if you were following along with the Twitter thread as it was going on and hearing as, as these things are happening, it's a, a interesting read for sure. 
But when you translate it into the movie, it just, I think, loses something maybe. Mm. And, and it's not quite there. But as you really start to watch this thing unfold, it is a very crazy and wild ride. So hmm. there's that. <laughs> All right. All right. Good to know. That's Zola. Another one I haven't heard of. Um, I was trying to think of something else that I've watched. I know there's other stuff. And now it's like, I mean, I finished, uh, there was the finale of um, White Lotus on HBO Max this week. Or White Lotus. Yeah, yeah. White Lotus. The, the White Lotus. Mm-hmm. Um, that the I've been talking about it on the show. It's on HBO Max. It was my understanding at first, I think, because I thought they were labeling it as a miniseries, which maybe that was the intention, though it sounds like now it's been renewed yeah. for a second season. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Once that announcement came, I kind of figured this was going to be a one-and-done kind of deal. Not to say that's bad that it got renewed because I was really enjoying it. Um, the finale was good. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, without talking spoilers, uh, yeah, I, I, it didn't disappoint. It's a really good show. I, I was impressed again for how I felt about it after that pilot, which I was a little, eh, I don't know. It, mm. It's quite good. So, you right? Do you watch Succession? No, I've never seen it. I feel like you would like that too, yeah. in a different way. Um, I've heard people compare this to that in certain ways, not in obvious ways, but uh, or maybe more so in obvious ways and, and, and less so in other ways. But um, it, it, I am curious to check it out. I've heard a lot of buzz about it within the last three weeks, I would say, that people seem to have been talking about it Succession. quite a bit. And uh, White Lotus. Oh, White Lotus, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I am curious to um, jump into it, especially because it seems like it's uh, maybe not a quick binge, but there isn't a ton of episodes, and it seems like it'd be yeah, it's not only too, not too hard to get through. It's only six episodes, seven. Six, I think it's just six. Yeah, yeah. and so and yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't take you long to knock it out. And uh, again, it's 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 good. And I feel like there were concerns at the beginning of oh, is this just going to be another show about rich white people? you know, and, and right. their rich white people problems. Kind of. Um, but the movie or the show, sorry, is, I think it has something to say about the way that these rich white people are interacting with, uh, the staff and the, the issues the staff has with them. And it's not just another show about, you know, white people problems. <laughs> I, I, in my opinion, that reminds me, as you say that, um, I heard that the the I don't know if it's the showrunner or the director. I imagine it's the sh- the showrunner or po- it could I think he directed the writer. He wrote and directed uh, the episodes. Okay, the creator Mike White. Mike White, yeah. Yeah, so I I was hearing that one of his other shows is really good as well. Well, uh, he had an, he had another show that? on HBO that was canceled. That I think it didn't make it past like one or maybe two seasons. Yeah, Enlightened. I never saw it. Mm. I think it came out in like because I had looked that up at one point. So that's it's in my head. I think that came out in like 2012. Had Laura Dern mm. in it, didn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I never saw it. I heard it was pretty good. 
And he's done a lot of other writing. Yeah. Um, I think that that's definitely most of his credits are writing credits. I mean, looking here at his IMDb, he wrote School of Rock, The Good Girl, uh, Orange County. Um, he doesn't have as much directing credits under his belt. He's mostly, I think, known as a writer. His face looks familiar, like he's an actor. He's got a. He, it definitely has acting credits like here under his uh, under his IMDb. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, hmm. yeah, yeah. No, 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 that was a show that so, kind of surprised me. Even just the context of like when I heard that this was like again, I don't know how true this is. I, I heard this on another podcast that. You know, with the pandemic, HBO was like, we need to produce something that we can, you know, easily make during a pandemic. I think it's my understanding they approached Mike White, who they had worked with before. And, you know, he created this show where it was shot all at this resort in Hawaii. Um, or I guess you could just have the entire crew and kind of secluded here at this resort. And, you know, basically, I think you know, distance from everyone else hmm. and produce a show. And under those circumstances too, it's like, ah, is this really going to be any good? And yeah, it was quite good. No, uh, that's pretty cool then. Yeah. Hmm. What about you? What's next for you? There's a show that's on Disney plus that I, I wouldn't say I was, straight up looking forward to it but i did have it on my radar of something that i wanted to watch when it came out and it's uh monsters at work i don't know did you ever hear about this one being on disney plus that's the, the premise of it that's the monsters inc like spinoff show thing right yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah so, i know my kid i've seen a couple episodes like with my kids yeah Okay, so you're at least familiar with I'm it. I'm familiar and with it, yeah. For those who aren't, um, it it takes place pretty much right after the movie, uh, the mm. the first movie, Monsters Inc. And now that them from being a scare academy or a scare place, it, it's it's making kids happy and and, and cheerful. And it it it's got um, the the main characters from the the original Monsters Inc. Um, Mike and Sully, but they are more, I wouldn't say background, but to a certain degree, they, they, they kind of are background because it, it introduces a new character who's straight out of the university and he's coming in thinking he's going to be scaring kids. And so he's got his, his, um, kind of life in head of, ahead of him and he has all these ideas and on the first day he's there this is the same day that they're now converting over to making kids happy and, and laughed and laugh mm -hmm. and so now he's kind of his whole world is turned upside down because he came in thinking one thing and it's completely different and now he's starting in this area that's really kind of a bottom rung instead of being a scarer or whatever at this point now he, he has nothing to do in that realm and so he's kind of working with this motley crew of people that uh, are repair people for the most part as opposed to being in the on the floor and, and being involved in the in the big scheme of things and it's him kind of learning the ropes and, and trying to get to a point where he can be involved in doing something more than just what he's ends up doing at in the beginning which is just helping these people repair stuff and uh I, i've only seen the 
first I want to see I want to say I saw the first two, maybe three. But from what I saw of the first two, I really liked the what they were going for. I thought they were doing a good job of uh, continuing on these characters. And, and you got the original voice actors there as well for the, for those roles. And so it felt very familiar in that way. And, and it didn't feel like it was um, really missing a beat. It, it, it felt like it, it was a nice continuation uh, from what we had in a way that places the, the main characters in a role that allows room for other other characters to come into it and it feels more like it's um almost like a old school sitcom in that way where there's yeah. these characters that are with the newer characters and and they're all kind of interacting at times and come in and out and have their own things that they go through mm-hmm. and then the other newer characters have some stuff as well and it felt like it was a nice little balance but uh, I liked what I saw so far, and I do want to continue watching it. And I'm not sure how many episodes there are of it in this first season, but um, I definitely want to finish out the season with all the other episodes. Hmm. Uh, now I'm kind of curious what you're thinking. I mean, I watched a couple episodes, and I mean, I, maybe I was kind of doing some other stuff too around the house while the kids were watching it. I guess I didn't really like sit and like watch, watch. But uh, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. I haven't been like kind of drawn to like really watch it all the way through. But I also didn't see the first episode or two, so I kind of missed okay. the kind of like introduction to the show, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of it. But that's good mm-hmm. though. And, I mean, I was a I was surprised too. Like I was watching it, and when you first see um, like you know our main characters from Monsters Inc. I was like, are those mm-hmm. the actual voices or did they just find somebody <laughs> to kind of sound like them? Like, or, right. but then I was like, oh yeah, no, they're, they're, it's John Goodman and, uh, Billy Crystal doing these. Billy Crystal. Yeah. It's definitely them. Um, yep. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I remember when they were going to, they initially announced the show and that they were going to be a part of it. The, mm-hmm. Uh, John Goodman and Billy Crystal. And I was like, well, that's a, I mean, they're, they're starting up pretty solid by just at least having them and yeah. just having the show in general. And it, to me, it was all in the, those early days of them announcing all the different things that they were going to have coming to Disney plus. And there's still a whole bunch that they had announced that that investors call that hasn't uh, hit the, hit the streaming service yet. Like I'm thinking off the top of my head, the, the Moana stuff. And I wasn't there like, oh, yeah. um, there was um um what's the movie with the the alien um old school movie and and it was in Hawaii oh um, Lilo and Stitch yeah there was something there yeah as well. I remember that too and so a lot of stuff that still hasn't even come out yet and obviously is animated stuff so it's going to take a little while there was a Zootopia thing too mm-hmm. so yeah they still have a lot more coming from their uh, Disney side of their IP but at least on this Pixar from this Monsters uh, Monsters at Work I, I really did think that they did a good job in, in terms of translating it and bringing it home for kids that maybe loved the first one and are a little bit older and could still maybe watch this in a nostalgia sort of way (laughs) as funny as that might sound for the movie but at this (laughs) point the the movie is pretty old it's 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 been a little while now that's one of the earlier Pixar films like it's yeah yeah god I'm almost scared to look (laughs) up how old it is 
I know, right? Like, uh, probably like 2010, 2011. <laughs> really? Is that what you think? <laughs> uh, let's see. Let me really give it a good give guess. Give it a good guess. Okay. 2006. 2001. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Wow. It's That's way crazy. Ba- it's way back there. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. That is that is one of the early Pixar films. Wow. Not the first or second, but back there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I didn't yeah, even think so, to kind of guess uh, in my head before I looked. I just kind of looked really quick. I was like, "Ooh, wow, 2001. Mm. Anyway. By the way, yeah, I did yeah. uh, watch, finally, the two episodes so far of What If. I've seen those now. Um, ah, okay. It's good. I like the animation a lot. Um, and I like storytelling yeah. a lot. Like, I know the first episode and the, and the second episode, I guess. It's like, yeah, like... It's not like these kind of stories seem to like really connect to anything we know in the MCU right now, but I really enjoyed them. If anything, I think I might've enjoyed the first episode more than the second. Um, but, but I liked them both. They're, they're quite good. Yeah. Um, I, I did see the second episode as well. And the second episode, I really, I think I liked that one a little bit more and not just because it was T'Challa and, and um, getting to hear Chad with uh, Bozeman's voice. Right. I think what made me like that one a little bit more is that it plays with the premise a little bit more. And it's true. Whereas the first one, you know, it really is kind of like you just insert Peggy for Steve and, and everything else kind of flows mostly the same. Most it's not yeah. too many differences. And, this one is just completely out there in terms of what's different and all the different ways that you can change things based on uh, the switch, you know, basically. And so I, I like that it really plays with the idea a little bit more in that respect. But both of them I've definitely enjoyed for sure. Yeah, I think like when this got announced, there was a part of me that's like, you know, we have so much in the MCU already and then, okay, we're doing mm-hmm. this this animated show and I love animation to be clear. I don't want it to sound like, Oh, it's animation. I don't care, but it's like, it's, mm-hmm. we're doing an animated show and it's like about like these, what if scenarios, like kind of a multiverse kind of thing. And it's like immediately, I think I was like, eh, I mean, it sounds interesting, but among all the other stuff in the MCU, it's definitely not, not the most hyped up I'm about anything. It's, it, I was a little like, eh, yeah. do I care about this? But watching the first two episodes, I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I really enjoy it. I like yeah. the 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 storytelling kind of like narrator thing we have got going on with what is it, the Watcher, who's yeah Jeffrey Wright, yeah with voice. Jeffrey Wright doing the voice. I really like that kind of setup for the show, uh, where it's not just totally like here's a random episode where we change something. Like I, I think that that's a key that makes it even better having this narrator that's kind of setting context for what's happening. Um, I like mm-hmm. a lot. And yeah, again, the animation is, is pretty stellar. It's a little different. It looks great. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the voices thing for the most part with some, a couple of exceptions, but for the most part, at least so far, we've got all these actors we know from the MCU doing the voices for their parts, right. which is really cool. 
So, yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like the fact that they lean into the, the animation, making them look how they would look. Yeah. Almost how their, their uh, live action versions look and down to the details of their, their physicality and stuff. So yeah. Cause even in that I don't know first that episode, means. like you've got Bradley Whitford as as a voice yeah. in it. And I'm like, yeah, that looks like Bradley Whitford. I mean, they could make him right. look however you want. And you're right. It looks like him. Yeah. And to me, it's like just speculating because we obviously don't know, but it means like, could some of these things eventually transfer over to live right. action? I crossed my mind, especially again, going back to him. I was like, you cast him in this part. Like, are we going right, to see this guy right. live action at some point? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and it'd be believable. Right. So yeah, it, it totally makes your mind wonder. Mm-hmm. And we got some multiversal stuff coming up in live action. So you just never know. But, uh, it, it, at this point it is supposed to be just kind of its own thing. And, Although it is kind of interesting just from the, a timing perspective that this series comes out after Loki and how the, based on the way Loki ends, it's just interesting that this would be the next uh, multi, uh, show that comes out from Marvel. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see how it, how it all unfolds. It's um, nine episodes. And so this one will be having this one for a and I think there's before we go into um, Hawkeye, I think that's the next one. Yeah, when is that again? But, Sorry, I want to say it's not until November. Um, I could be off on that, but I think it was either November or, or late October. Because I'm trying, trying to see if I can find that, but I don't know if there's a real, like, there was a, release a concrete date. release date. Uh, November twenty fourth is what I'm seeing. Okay, I was going to say, I thought there was one. Yeah, so it, there'll be a little bit of a break, I think, because with this one being nine episodes, we'll still run through, I guess, into maybe a little bit of October, mm-hmm. but then have the rest of that time until November. So about a good month out right. off, I guess, maybe. But yeah, um, well, while we're talking about animation... There was a show that came out on, on Netflix that uh, is animated that I had been waiting to see, which is uh, the new He-Man show, Masters of the Universe um. Revelation, that uh, Kevin Smith was a big part of doing and, and show running. And they only did this a very odd thing in that they did not release all of it at once. They only released a certain amount of episodes in this in this, I guess, I don't even know if it's considered a first season or first half of a first season or what, but they released the first six episodes and then there's a, another, I, I want to say six or, or four, four episodes after that. Hmm. Uh, the animation is gorgeous. It, it's just super beautiful and, and exactly what I, I was, well, I didn't know that I wanted it, but when I saw it, <laughs> I was like, yes, this is exactly how it should look. And, and this is awesome. And um, I will say there's a, a lot of controversy about the show that's out there. Oh, is there? And yes, uh, very much so. Um, and I get it. 
from a certain point of view and, and that perspective. But I also feel like some of it isn't Kevin's fault and that if this had been just dropped all at once like nor- Netflix normally does, it might have alleviated some of the the, um, the criticism that it got. But at the same time, yeah, I think people would have still found major reasons to complain about it because of, of what goes on in the in the show within the first even within the first episode, let alone the first few episodes. But ultimately I, I like what they're doing with it and, and am so in, intrigued to see more and see the last bit of it and hope that it goes more seasons because um, based off of the other trailer that we got today for the, the other He-Man series that Netflix is doing, which is just interesting. Yeah. Uh, the fact that there's two, uh, two concurrent uh, He-Man series on the same streaming service. Um, I do want to see more from this one because this one is more my speed. The The one that we got at the trailer for today was more, look like it's more aimed at, I'd say, I don't know, maybe eight to 13 year olds or so, or some somewhere around there because it's a, a it seems like a younger demographic that they're going for. And, and that's completely fine. And, and it doesn't have to be for me, but this one does seem more for me. And it, it kind of continues from that old eighties series that was back in the day. And, and I used to love the old He-Man series and still have some of those figures. So uh, I, I, I like I said, I understand what the complaints were, but I'm waiting to see the whole thing. And not that I had issues. I didn't have major issues. I definitely had some issues with the first six, but I didn't have the major issues that a lot of people are having with it. And so I like like I, I think the animation is great and and the the voice acting was good. So I'm really just. Um, settled into it and want to see what the rest of the the season brings and and if it goes good from there to see some more from it yeah i wasn't aware of the uh the controversy i'll admit i've kind of quickly googled it while you were talking i was gonna say did you look it up while i I was talking i did i I mean i've been wanting to watch it as well so i guess in in a certain respect this is somewhat spoiled for me so far but it's not that big a deal i don't think Um, yeah no it's not yeah yeah, I didn't. I wasn't aware of any of that, but I won't mention it on here for anyone who doesn't want to right. know. But okay, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I get that uh, without without having yeah. seen it. I mean, my quick reaction yeah. is oh, okay. Yeah, I could see how that, that could be it could cause controversy Especially for if you sure. Didn't release the whole season at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, um, <laughs> I mean, we are running out of time. Are there any other? things you really wanted to get to before we yeah. wrap up. Yeah, I don't have too much more, honestly, and I can probably still fit it in before we get out of here, but one of the other ones that was on Netflix that I'd really been waiting to see was the third part and conclusion of this new uh, Transformers run that they've mm. had on Netflix. Uh, this one was Transformers uh, 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 Beast Wars, and this one introduces some of the characters from that older series that, that was Beast Wars that uh, were in that series of descendants from the original Transformers, G1 Transformers. And in that series, they had um, 
their Decepticons weren't Decepticons. They were like primals and, and um, they turned into different types of prehistoric animals like a dinosaur or um, in, in, in this sense of the Optimus Primal, uh, he turned into uh, a big gorilla. And so it was like they were introduced those characters into this version of the Transformers with the G1 right alongside them. And I think that what this this third series did is really try and bring together as a culmination of the old school aspects of what we had from those Beast Wars and the original G1 while tying up this story of um, what they were doing in, in the first place and how they got off of Cybertron and introducing um, a bigger threat. And they leave it in a way to where they could do more if they want to, or if not, they can kind of leave it here. And I, again, uh, one of the big things and highlights for me of this series was just seeing the the the, the way it's, uh, created the animation, the the CG for the 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 larger than life characters in this, because they look like the ones that I remember growing up and seeing them in the animated form. They they the designs of them look like those characters, and so that was one thing that right off the bat I appreciated and really loved. But then the the aspects of the story of uh, it being completely different and uh, new from what they did back in the day. They're not just retelling that story. They're doing it in a different way that um, I think made me interested even more in it, into it because there's not a human to be seen in this entire series. There's like, it, it's, mm. there's, they're not, they're not there yet. Uh, even when they're, in this series, in this third part of the series, they're on Earth. It's it's at a time that's before any humans are on the planet. So um, it's all prehistoric time in that sense. So it, it's it's good to just not have to worry about that human element. And sometimes in some of these iterations of Transformers, you have the annoying kids that seem to be on these shows that they always have there. And there's none of that. It's just you're dealing with the the Autobots and the Decepticons, and and that that's it, and that's what you're dealing with in that world. And I, I like that, and that, that was one of the elements about it that really pulled me into it is that you don't have to worry about that annoying aspect. And um, I'm really hoping they do more with it, just because again, this is something that's more my speed for what they're doing. Obviously, uh, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but if if people don't know, uh, they are doing another Transformers movie that is going to be uh based off of beast wars but also optimus prime and bumblebee will be in it as well so it's supposed to be kind of more continuing from the line of bumblebee rather than continuing from the line of the last transformers movie so i'm hopeful that um it'll turn out good and the director for creed 2 uh i forget his name i think it's stephen cable jr is directing this uh new Beast Wars Transformers movie. So I got hope, hopes that that one will be good and because I really did enjoy Bumblebee. So I'm hoping that that one turns out well also. Hmm. And uh, one last thing I wanted to really mention. I've talked about this one show on here a few times called Evil. It stars Mike Coulter, who yeah. was uh, Power, um, Power Man. Uh, <laughs> um 
now Luke Cage. And uh, he uh, that show is it was on CBS and it, it's on Paramount Plus. Well, the creators of that show had did another or, or have done other shows in the past that I'd heard good things about, but never got around to watching. Um, one was The Good Wife. Never watched the show, but I remember hearing good things about it. And it was on CBS for the longest time. Right. Well, they had ended up doing at one point a spinoff calling it. Uh, it's called The Good Fight. And it's on Paramount Plus. And um, I started watching it. And it again, it was based on the strength of the, the creators of, of Evil, um, Robert and Michelle King. And the, the premise of this is that it stars uh, Christine Baranski. And she was at this law firm that uh, she ends up leaving to go to this all-black law firm that is um, run well, co-ran by uh, uh, Delroy Lindo, and it's this kind of a lawyer show, but it's done in a, in a way that I, I feel is um, well done. Um, the characters are interesting in it. The the the, the cases that they have are involved with are interesting as well and it, it has an unfiltered aspect to it because it's on paramount plus and i'm i'm really into it and enjoying it i'm probably in in the first season but i'm like maybe halfway into it like seven or eight episodes into the first season mm-hmm. and really been enjoying it so um there's that and then um this other one that i really want to check out from them i don't know if you heard of it, I remember hearing about it, but I never watched it. It's called Brain Dead, and it was on CBS. It didn't even last. I, oh, I don't was, think it lasts the season. Was that the one with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Yes. Yes. Huh? I think I saw yep. like one episode. Okay. And it was different, and I meant to watch it's more, different. and I never did. And then when it didn't really go past like however many episodes they made or the first full season and it died, I was just like, well, okay, I'm not going to yeah. bother. But yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they also did that show as well. And um, in hearing about the, the good fight and the good wife and me like an evil, yeah. uh, I'd heard that this show was also good and it had promise, but obviously got canceled before, you know, it's time sort of thing. And, uh, it's also available on Paramount plus, and I will probably check that out, even though I know that it's not, uh, long for the, the world in, in that yeah. sense. But, uh, because I like these creators, I, I want to see more from them. So I probably will check that out at some point too. Have you seen the trailer for that movie? She's going to be in on Netflix or Kate. I, I I saw the picture of it. I never did get around to watching the the actual trailer for it. Did you? Yeah, I watched the trailer. It's it looks like it. It looks like one a trailer for a show where part of me was like, and I don't know how to explain why I feel this way, but the sh- the movie could hmm. actually be better than the trailer is making it look. Like, okay, if that makes any sense, because normally it's the other way around, right? Oh, yeah. Normally you watch these trailers and it's. Like, oh, man, this looks awesome or just looks terrible. And usually mm-hmm. either the movie's just not – it's a just a well-made trailer and it shows not any good or, or it really mm-hmm. is terrible if it looked terrible. But here it's like there's something about the way they're presenting it and they show you these brief looks at other aspects to her character that they don't show, I think, enough of in the trailer that I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I actually think I want to watch this. But it's like she's an assassin. Okay. Woody Harrelson plays mm-hmm. – 
like I don't know her manager or you would put Handle, that. handler, handler or whatever. yeah uh, yeah. Okay. it looks like it could be good huh. anyway just made yeah. me think of that I'll have to check out the trailer at least yeah. and uh, I guess before we get out of here then as we're talking about trailers did you watch the Eternals trailer yeah it was weird I woke up like I get up early for work and I wake up right. and it's I check social media or check my phone and I'm like, why did they drop this trailer? Like if, what looks like to be like 3 a.m. <laughs> like, yeah, like, OK, whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I watched it this way. I've, I've watched it a couple times now. Um, mm. It looks good. I, I'm excited. Mm. I you know, you had asked me. I haven't answered like I want to read. That's I've never true. read a turtle comics. I was gonna. I know they just did like a reboot, and I I still haven't started those yet, so I still want to read those. Okay. But uh, no, I, I'm I'm excited for the movie. Yeah, yeah. Between this uh, trailer coming out mm-hmm. and the reactions, I don't know if you've seen them, but the reactions to Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I, seen like, I've man. seen one reaction, and I'm like, man, I. Like I'm trying to stay away from movie theaters right now, but I guess I'm gonna. (laughs) (laughs) All you have to do is go. You know, I gotta go exactly. I'm gonna have to go at a time when like people aren't gonna be there. Well, the one thing that works out in my favor is that Shang Chi is coming out the weekend of Dragon Con, and Mm. the the reality is I'm probably not going to make it away from the convention at any point to go to a movie theater to see that. So I'm I'm not going to get to see it opening weekend and I'll I'll be distracted enough by the convention that I'm not going to be like, Oh God, this sucks. I'm not seeing it. So by the time I see it, at least like the rush will have made it through. Hopefully I can see it when it's not too busy. I do want to see an IMAX because I think they shot at least a lot of it on IMAX cameras. Right. So I want to see it on IMAX. And I've been hearing people say you guys see it in the biggest screen possible. So Uh, yeah, that's where I'm, I'm planning on seeing it as well. But the, the one thing that I will say that I, and I, and I got my fingers crossed for you very much. So is that if I'm not mistaken, this will probably be the first Marvel movie you didn't see opening weekend. And I'm really hoping that no one spoils any post credit scenes for you mm. between that time and the time you yeah. get to see it. I'll have to just stay away from what I can. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is what it is. People people suck. I know. <laughs> and they do. They, they do. almost start spoiling at this point the same hour something comes out let alone the say weekend you know so well ryan reynolds that tweet i or instagram post sorry real quick we we do have to go but uh you know you mentioned on the last episode you saw free guy you Mm. made you made a point to bring up oh you know there's all these cameos which i didn't even know about and you were like they were well done they weren't too forced i guess like and then yeah. I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see this post and it's like mm-hmm. him showing, I think, literally almost every actor <laughs> had, had a cameo yeah. in that movie. And I'm like, well, I guess I know who's cameoing in the movie now. <laughs> like, yeah, this is like so the, the Monday after the opening weekend. It wasn't like it had been a week uh, or something. Like, it's kind no, of no. I, I'm so disappointed that he would do that. Him of all people who, right. who I feel like would know better than to do that. He, 
did something like that. So and I was like, weird. the only, only good thing, I guess, is just you don't know context. And, and even a couple of those uh, cameos, I didn't even catch. So it makes me curious to go back and try and watch it again mm. to see if I can catch it a second time around. Yeah. But, yeah, I was just a little bit disappointed that, that he did weird. that. But, yeah, we do need to wrap things up and uh, get out of here. Um, as always, we'd love to hear back from everyone listening and watching. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at flicker underscore effect. Uh, we do stream these shows live on YouTube, um, youtube.com forward slash flicker effect. You can leave your questions and comments there and all that good stuff. Subscribe, like hit bell icon, you know, the drill, um, yeah, I mentioned last week we are streaming on Twitch now, which we are. I guess I didn't realize you have to like turn on, I guess, to save the streams. So I I believe mm-hmm. our stream streamed last week, but I I can't see it. But I've turned that on. So after this episode, I'm gonna see how it went on Twitch, hopefully. And I I mean Twitch is new to me. I haven't really done a lot on there. I don't think it I don't Same. think I don't think content stays on there even forever. It depends on like your status on Twitch. It either stays there for like two right. weeks or longer if you're connected to Amazon Prime or what have you. But anyway, you can find us on all the different places. With that, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. Thanks for listening and watching. <laughs>